Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid-back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones, and me, Heather Noble. publish the bits that we talk about before we start talking <laughs> but you do know i have to do a little write-up about what we talked about well it would just be about poo samples and blood samples yeah mostly <laughs> poo in a box poo in a, shit in a box <laughs> anyway yes that is not the title of today's uh, <clears throat> episode now here's a thing we're talking about today you grew some vegetables this year, didn't you, for the first time? Oh, yeah. Well, I grew some potatoes and five broad beans. You grew some tomatoes. And just yeah, no, they were disaster. Okay. So this article um, caught my eye, um, and it's about the right to grow. Have you heard about that? No. So in Hull, there's an organisation called Rooted in Hull, and they've got um, a lo- location in Hull that's... Described as a filled-in basin, which I think must be something to do with the ship or the fishing industry. Oh, okay. Yeah, docks or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the organisation called Rooted in Hull moved there in 2015. Oh, yes, it says, sorry, read further on, a basin used to hold ships delivering timber to a nearby dock. And Rooted in Hull has a purpose of teaching people about growing food in urban environments and so they've lobbied the council for a motion <laughs> talking of poo in a box <laughs> um, called right to grow okay and apparently it's been um, recently unanimously passed and it would um, allow people to grow their own fresh food on unused council land okay so any unused land that the council owns people will have the right to grow their food on it so that's in Hull okay. the organization called rooted in Hull so like they're a not, good idea it does so they're not allotments no it's say for example like can... a there's a, a an unloved flower bed along the street yeah you can plant veggies on there Okay, is this like urban garden? Um, what's it? Not urban gardening. What's it called? Incredible edible. Uh, just like that, yeah. What's it called? Not gorilla. Is it gorilla gardening? No, it's not quite like that. It's a little bit more organising. Okay. Gorilla. Okay. So, incredible edible is another network that was started in Todmorden, I believe. Um, there's 150 community growing groups, and that's what they do. They take spare land. And, and grow it, um, grow food mm-hmm. on there. And so it's a community gardening project. Um, they have all sorts of other community things going on. So in the one in Hull, you have the Hanger, which is Hull All Nations Alliance, which helps refugees. And they've been going down there and uh, working on the scheme. Um, they've also got beehives at the back of the yard as well and they've had um, children visiting down there making pizza and chips for 
from the produce that's been grown on the land. So I went to have a look at Rooted in Hull's website just to find a little bit more. Oh, and the other thing to say is there's a, um, in terms of it being a community group, is the graphic um, design skills of an inmate of HMP Hull um, has been used to design labels for the honey. Fantastic. So it's quite right. Proper, yeah. Wide reaching. So I went to have a look at the website for Rooted in Hull. It says, Rooted in Hull exists in a place where it should not. Hundreds of years of industrial history, including shipping, timber and fishing, left our little piece of Hull derelict and without purpose. Something else that is where it should not be is that humming sound. That is literally just started. I have got the window open. It's very Do you think it's coming from the outside? It's not coming from me. Is it coming from you? Mm, don't think so. No. I think it's coming from the floor. Anyway, I'll edit it all out and nobody will know what we're talking about. (laughs) So back to Rooted in Hull. Their vision was to create a safe space in the heart of the city that allowed people to come together and connect. And a good thing to connect us is food. So they've created a farm where a farm has no real right to exist. Um, And they make use of shipping containers contained and organised in a circle, all with an individual and unique function and design. And they have a live performance venue and an art gallery on there. You can host your own event there. Uh, They've got pizza cooking and that you can have homemade soups and all sorts of things. Sounds rather lovely. Sounds really vibey, doesn't it? Yeah, really vibey. When was it set up, does it say? So, um, Rooted in Hull took over that basin in 2015. So it's been going a while then, it's not like a flash in the pan. So so the new thing is the right to grow. So they've sort of extended it and gone, right, okay, so we want to be able to use that spare land. Um, And this is the overlap with Incredible Edible. So, 2008 Incredible Edible, that was... um, a little bit earlier and their vision is to create kind confident and connected communities through the power of food excellent oh that rumbling stopped i could feel it in my bones could you yeah it's died away a little bit now it's going to make editing this podcast awful because we can have background noise galore look we're real people doing a real podcast we're not pretending to be anything other than that so there, there are incredible edible communities all around the UK. So you can go to their website and you can find a, a local community group. So there's one in Wrexham. I follow it on Facebook. Uh, I believe there's one in your neck of the woods as well, Heather. They're all over the place. You just do a little search and make some contact. And uh, I think this idea of actually recognising that growing food is actually quite important... It's one of those post-apocalyptic skills that we risk losing. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose... So are they saying that the potatoes that I grew this year, if I'd wanted to, I could have gone there and said, can I plant some potatoes there in that bit of land? Is that... Yeah, that's the idea, yeah. But it's not just for you to take... So it's like I say, it's not like an allotment. Yeah. You you would plant those things and they're freely available. Right. For the public to take. 
Yeah. Okay. So it's not about claiming a, a bit of council land for yourself. So are you gifting vegetables? Then? You're gifting your effort, I guess. It's a community effort. Yeah. But you, but you yeah. plant and care for them. And I think there's a lot to be said for it. But you plant and care for them and somebody else can eat them? Yeah. Yeah. Or okay. your community can eat them. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. I think the idea is is really just to help the community. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, good. They wouldn't want me. Well, potatoes did all right. But as I say, didn't plant enough broad beans and um, tomatoes, not good. And you could set up your own incredible edible group. They say on their website, there are no rules, just values, stories and passion. Nice. So take a look. But the thing that inspired me was um, the right to grow. And I, I will follow this story with interest because... If it works in Hull, I imagine, then that will extend. There will be pressure in various other mm. areas to use underutilised council land. Presumably, if it's a former basin, the soil will be um, quite fertile, won't it? Won't it be all like mud and stuff from the sea? Mm. Really don't know. Unless they're not actually using the actual soil. Yeah. Did they import the soil? Hmm. I may have a little look while while we're proceeding. Have a little scan on their website and see where they got their soil. Where Where did you get your soil soil from? from? Right. Now, here's the thing. I, I may have mentioned my little niece before now. And... Last week, um, week, weekend before last, she went to the cinema for the first time. Wow. To see the Paw Patrol movie. Yes. And she loved it. And then last week when we were at the ballet in Wolverhampton, she was at Frozen the Musical in London. Did she enjoy it as much as we enjoyed the ballet? Oh, I think more because she, she went to the evening performance, not the matinee. So there were only a couple of other kids there. Staying up late. Staying up late. And she was all dressed up as Elsa and she looked beautiful. So um, so there weren't loads of kids dressed up. So I think she felt extra, extra special for being dressed up. But yes, she loved it. Oh, she thought it was great. But it got me thinking about um, the first film that I went to. Can you remember the first film you went to see at the cinema? I remember um, one that is most memorable. I think it's the first, but I can't guarantee. And that was Dumbo. Oh, the elephant one. And I remember being scared by it and hiding under my seat. Oh. I think it was the bit where they were drunk, the drunken elephants. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I wonder when that would have been. I was little, probably. Well... Probably little. Probably of course, I was little. Probably. I was able to hide under my seat. I was little. You were little. Yeah, the cinema. If you tried that now, <laughs> that's all the fire brigade. Yeah, yeah. Got my arse stuck in the chair. I'd never be able to get out again. They'd have to literally take the chair out. Well, the first film that I went to see was Lady and the Tramp, um, which was which was made in 1955. But I was able. They released them. Yeah, over and over. Don't and they, they released it in 1972, which would have oh. been the year that I saw it. Okay, okay. okay. Um, and yeah, so that was the first time I went to the cinema, and we didn't have much money, so I don't know when else I would have gone to the cinema. But 
I remember that as being the first film that, that I saw. Um, whereas the last film that I saw was um, on the 23rd of September this year, which was A Haunting in Venice, which I went to see in Wrexham. Oh, can I tell you a little bit of interesting information about Haunting in Venice? Yes, do. Uh, my friend's daughter worked on post-production for Haunting oh. in Venice. Her name's in the credits. Oh, how lovely. Which is exciting. But also, there was a little handwritten note in the film. That was her handwriting. Wow. Yeah. Well, that... That's it's exciting, isn't Yes, it? that's amazing. Well, that was... Um, Sorry, that, that no, no, distracted no, 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 from No, me. no. So that was the last film that I went to see, which was very recent. And then the next film that I'm going to see, hopefully, um, or that I want to see, is The Great Escaper. The Great Escaper? Yes. Okay, tell me about that. This is um, Michael Caine's last film and also Glenda Jackson's last film before she passed away. And it's based on a true story of a guy who lived in a nursing home and he wanted to get to the D-Day um, commemoration in France somewhere. Well, where Normandy. Um, and, and it's the story of how he did that. Uh, in fact, after you and I had been to the theatre to see the ballet on Saturday, you dropped me back in Shrewsbury and I had a little bit of time to kill before going to another thing in the evening at the theatre. So cultured, Heather, so cultured. So I decided I'd pop into the Market Hall um, cinema in the square. It's got a bar, so I thought I'll go in there and have a glass of wine while I'm killing time. And The Great Escaper was showing, and I nearly snuck into oh my watch God. it. <laughs> so I would have done ballet, cinema and, and theatre. Oh. But I thought it was cutting it a little bit fine. Um, oh, I, I would have liked that style. Yeah, well, that would be like, oh, just entertainment. A show day. Absolutely. Um, what was interesting and perhaps a little bit concerning is that there was a guy, um, so everybody was going into the the cinema and I was left just drinking my wine. There was nobody else there. Um, and then this one guy came out and ordered a coffee and said to the person behind the counter, this film's boring. Nothing happens. So he sat and drank his macchiato. Uh, for about 15 minutes and then went back in so but he was quite unusual um i'd had a brief conversation with him so maybe he just was i don't know got ants in his pants or something i can understand coming out and leaving what i really don't get is missing a chunk and then going back in well i think it was with somebody but I agree. I think I would have said, I'm not enjoying this. I'm going to go and have a coffee. I'll see you in the bar yeah. after maybe, maybe after missing 15 minutes, it improved. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see him. I okay. didn't see him. But um, so, yes, a little red flag. But I have heard that it's very good. OK, you can't take the review of one person who you thought was a little odd anyway. No, it's okay. not. No, I'm not. I'm not going to register it too much. Um, I've just checked. Dumbo yeah. was released, um, re-released. In uh, 49, no, that wasn't me. No. 59, that wasn't me either. No. 72, I'd have been one, so no. no. And 1976, so that was probably okay. me. Yeah. So I'd have been five. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I would have been... Little enough to fit under a synopsis. Five or six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then, following on from that, I started thinking about my first gig. What was oh, your first so gig? You say first boyfriend then. No, so, okay. no. My first gig was David Bowie. Top oh, that. Wow, I can't. 
I can't. Where, where was that? And where that was, was that? at Main Road. I think it was 1987. Gosh. 86, 87. It was a glass spider tour anyway, Main Road. Wow. Well, I, yeah. It was I probably one of the last times I went right to the front of any gig. Because I, I like a seat now. Yeah. Oh, um, gosh. Absolutely. I loved it. I was right at the front. Well, the first gig that I went to, and I've been able to find the exact date. Okay. Was the 13th of July, 1985. And it was Doctor and the Medics at Dingwalls. Cool. Um, I need to find the exact date of mine now. I'm sure it's there you go. It, anything is possible. Uh, yeah, I went with um, a friend, a girl that I worked in a bar with, and I didn't really know what to expect. And Dingwalls was a bit... Where's Dingwalls? It's... Um, uh, I think it's north... Well, I don't even know if it exists anymore. It's out towards the roundhouse. So I think you, I think it's, well, you pass it, I think you pass it or pass very close to it if you're leaving London from Euston Station. Okay. But it was 1985, so it's quite a long time ago and I've never been there since, so don't ask me to find my way there again. <laughs> I would be Googling it. Um, the last gig that I went to was Let's Rock Shrewsbury, which was on the 15th of July. Okay. This year. Um and the next gig that I'm going to is I'm going to the ABBA Voyage thing on the Ooh, 5th of November. That's cool. So that is a seated gig because I did double check that. Yeah, I'd want to sit. Because I have no desire to be down the front. Well, there's no point being down the front because it's not them, is it? No. Nope. It's a hologram. So I've got my exact date, but I've got a choice of two from Manchester. It was either the 14th or the 15th of July in 1987. So that's two years later. I was 16. Wow. So I would have been mm, 18. Yeah, 18 when I went to see Doctor and the Medics. That was 85, didn't you 1985, yeah. Yeah. I liked Doctor and the Medics at that time. What, um, oh, I was, I was... Captivated by the two dancers. They were amazing. They were, yeah, they were the best bit, really. Um, so, what's your next gig? My next gig? Um, oh, gosh, I've got so much coming up. It's mostly theatre, though, at the moment. Uh, I'm going to see Les Mis. Okay. In London. Then Sarah Millican. Yep. And then Bridget Christie. Okay. And then I think the next music gig, I've got a set link. Right, okay. Where's that going to be? Mm, I think we're in Chester for that one. Okay. Story House. Yeah. And then I've booked myself tickets to see Paloma Faith. Yeah. You're joining me. Yes. And the Manic Street Preachers and Suede. You're doing all three at the uh, Pavilion at Clangothlin. I couldn't get tickets for the Manics at Slangothland. Oh, where are you going? I've had to go into England. Manics are quite popular in Wales. Yeah, that's true. They get I'm going to Manchester instead. Right, okay. Yeah. I, I I just love shows. I love theatre. I love cinema. Ballet. I, I ballet was ballet. incredible. And, uh, and live music. I like live theatre. The thing that we went to on Saturday night was really good. Um, didn't really know what to expect, but... Tell me about it. So it's called 42 Crowns and it was basically all the monarchs right the way through from the start of the monarchy right the way through to... And what what did these these monarchs do? Did they do like a, a monologue or were they acting? They were, basically, they were 
four speakers, a guitarist and um, an, an additional person who was holding up um, banners to tell us which um, which house of... Like the Stuarts or yeah, the Tudors. Yeah, the Stuarts or the Tudors yeah. or whatever. Hanover, yeah. Exactly. Um, and essentially they... Starting was, from... Um, William the Conqueror normally, do they? Yeah. Um, was it even before that? It was before that. Well, it was oh. 42 crowns ago anyway. Okay. Um, uh, so basically it was, it was a long poem and the four... Poem? Yes. Okay. So the four people were reading excerpts from it, or reading the poem, and but it was telling the story of all of the different kings and queens. And then every now and then there'd be some random song, which would be a known song, um, with some of the lyrics changed a little bit. So, but they started with... It sounds um, truly bizarre. It was quite bizarre, but it was great fun. The two guys were wearing kilts. Um, there was lots of humour. Um, the, the guitarist was really good. Uh, the first song that they sang was um, Royals by um, Lord... Is it Lordy? Yeah. Yeah, um, with some of the lyrics changed. Um, we had a song about the hole in the elephant's bum. We had... <laughs> Lot, but lots of well-known songs. It, it, just the whole thing. My knowledge of the kings and queens of England is shockingly bad. And it is still shockingly bad. Yes. Because I was just captivated. You didn't have to agree with me quite so readily then. Yes, it is still shockingly bad. <laughs> no, so is mine. My, my, terrible. My knowledge of the kings and queens of uh, Great Britain, England, um, was improved by horrible histories. But, but unlike my daughter, I can't recite... The, the song. No. She can sing the song all the way through and name every single one of the monarchs. Right the only ones I day. know is the one who, um, the Georges, the mad one, the bad one, the sad one, and the fat one, I think. Um, and then was it, um, Bonnie Prince Charlie? Was he the king who brought back partying? I mean, literally, that's all that I, I know Queen Elizabeth the first, obviously Queen Elizabeth the second, and, um, Charles the third, first, second, and third. Yes, <laughs> but um, it was brilliant. It was really, really good. So we went to a ballet in the afternoon, which was a fantastic adaptation of Romeo and Juliet mm. by the wonderful Matthew Bourne. Mm. And then you went to a poem with music about monarchy. Fantastic. <laughs> and you almost <laughs> and I almost went to, went see, a to film. see a a film about the Second World War. Yeah. Okay. Can't top that. I'm a bit disappointed I didn't go in now, but it would have literally because you know when a film starts, the film starting at five thirty. And you know they just mess around, don't they, with that it's like just start the film at five thirty. Do you know what? The man who left and came back in would have annoyed you as well. He did disrupted your viewing. Oh, yeah, as well. If he was sat behind me, I might not have noticed. But I don't imagine he was the sort of person who um, who could leave without people noticing, to be honest. <laughs> I was stood waiting to order a drink, and he went, are you queuing? I was like, well... What do you think I'm doing? No, I just stood behind these people. I said, yes. He said, is there a queue? I said, yes, this is the queue. Look. And I'm standing in it. Oh, oh, right. Anyway. Wait... Good God, man, aren't you British? Troublemaker. You see a queue, don't you know to join yeah, it? maybe Whether I should have said that. Whether oh. you know what it's for or not, I just join yet. it. I'm just queuing. I don't know what we're queuing for. Um, anyway. 
Now Here's a Thing is a Jones and Noble production brought to you every week. Well, maybe not every week ever. <laughs> Recorded with an iPhone, a microphone and lots of hot air. 